Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek. This issue's cover is titled W Power Trailblazers and it celebrates the lives of women who've made an indelible mark in their fields, whether in the boardrooms or the playgrounds or elsewhere. Joining me on the call to talk about it all is Forbes India's Pankti Mehta Karakia, who has anchored this package. Hi, Pankti. Thanks for joining in. Hi, Abhishek. Thanks for having me. Pankti, you've written uh, the overview article that introduces the package. It says, uh, it's time to retire the cringeworthy phrase, beauty with brains, and recognize that there isn't ever a dichotomy. We are in 2019. Why do you think it is still the case? Sure. So, I mean, it is sad that we are having this conversation in 2019. World over, you know, if a woman looks a certain way or dresses a certain way or is interested in a certain kind of thing, which is mainly associated with femininity, I mean, a lot of people assume that uh, that woman might not be as intelligent or unidimensional in that sense. And that's not a standard that men are held to. When you call a man handsome or dapper, that doesn't usually imply that he's not uh, also intelligent. But when you say a girl is pretty, it's often assumed that uh, she isn't much else. What I wanted to say is that that is never usually the case. And that's a phrase that we must stop using. Are things changing, though, uh, over the years? And, and this is not the first WPAR trailblazer. If you could talk us through what perhaps has changed since the, since the time Forbes India started doing uh, this package a few years back. Sure. How we've been doing it over the years is that we've had a jury and we've had a certain set of categories and we've picked sort of women who fall into those categories to make up the list. Uh, This year, we thought we would go beyond the corporate world because a lot of the names that were cropping up were people who had been written about, who people knew about already. So what we wanted to do was capture some of the lesser known stories. So we went about it in a more sort of subjective way. We did our own research. We didn't have a have an outside jury for this. Mm-hmm. We wanted to look at uh, professions that are not usually looked at. So right. we we have a lot of sports women. We have people from bureaucratic fields. We have um, women in manufacturing, in deep technology, startup. It's a fair cross section of uh, fields that we're looking at. We don't actually have anyone from the banks from traditional finance uh, corporations because we thought that this was a good chance to shine the spotlight on pe- on women who haven't had their time in the sun. Among the ones that I found very interesting was that of Dr. Seema Rao, uh, India's first female combat trainer, a seventh degree black belt in unarmed combat. She trains soldiers, uh, as I read, to tackle enemy at close quarters without ammunition. That's quite a job description and she's nearing 50 uh, and, and still on top of her game. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, with all that's happened this week, uh, it makes her even more relevant and a great time to look at her contribution. So she talks about, you know, the struggles that she's had, not only because of her gender, but um, largely also because of that. She actually works with her husband Hmm. um, and they they train forces. But um, he actually has been made an honorary major of the Territorial Army. Mm-hmm. But there is no provision for women to get ranked in the army till today. So she hasn't uh, had the chance at, at the honor. So I thought that was a pretty telling um, telling instance of what the situation has been like, uh, considering that she has trained uh, almost every elite armed force in the country in combat, but still hasn't received the same honor. I, I hope that changes in that uh, unless there is a technicality which uh, prevents sure. decisions to, to be made. and. Talking about her husband, that's Dr. 
Major Deepak Rao. He seems to have a big heart. And I quote one of the lines is that she could quote shoot an apple off my husband's head with an AK-47 and 75 yeah. yards. So, <laughs> and I hope that was never demonstrated. But yes, I mean, this is uh, uh, yeah. The, the fact that uh, a woman has trained men in combat without ammunition itself is a big deal, and and doing it for so many years. Exactly. And uh, it's not just, um, you know, shooting blanks or shooting, but this is actual hand to combat, um, weapon combat as well. She's qualified in, in all sorts of forms of uh, physical battles. So, yeah, it's a pretty interesting story. We, we, may, we may not have time for, to cover all of them, but another one that caught my attention was that of young uh, Bhakti Sharma, who has swum five oceans uh, or in five oceans in the world. And uh, by 21, she completed open swimming at, in one degree Celsius in the waters at the, in the Antarctic in record time. Uh, where did you spot her and why don't we know about such individuals? So again, uh, Bhakti Sharma was uh, someone who has, who has the achievements. She's from the Atlantic. She's uh, one of the youngest person in the world to do that. But she hasn't been written about a lot and hasn't uh, really come out in the limelight. And she actually, in, in the story, if you've, uh, if you've read it, she speaks about, um, sort of indicates as to why there is a huge problem with funding, of course, in mm-hmm. sports. And even more so in women's sports, swimming is uh, not one of India's big medal hopes. So that obviously has had an impact on her career as well. She isn't um, getting the sort of infrastructure, the support from the system itself to bring her into uh, the to the forefront. So that's a pretty uh, sad situation that I hope changes over time for sports women everywhere. Right. And I think from what happened in the previous Olympics where women brought home the glory, I hope that, you know, this genuinely does change for the better. So as part of the package, we also have a really interesting photo essay where we look at women in sport. Uh, They're really evocative images of, um, you know, women in track and field and hockey and um, swimming in the sort of in football in the sort of, uh, you know, grit and determination it takes not just for them but for the families them as well to dedicate uh, their life to the sport and try to bring back the gold as you said and and you too uh, pankti in addition to uh, stringing the whole package together have written about abha nara and lamba associates uh, and that is abha nara and the founder of uh, the company and and you write she brings glamour to india's significant buildings in a profession that is anything but glamorous uh, why do you say that so she's a conservation architect and uh, she has worked on some of the country's most iconic buildings. She's worked on the Crawford Market, on the Royal Opera House, a lot of buildings in Bombay, but also in uh, in Ladakh, she worked on a Buddhist temple that was a 15th century structure, a mud building. And she speaks about how it was so difficult because it, the building ends up looking glamorous. But, you know, she's worked in sub-zero conditions without proper sanitation, without proper toilets, and also worked in 45 degree heat and humpy where, you know, it's raging sun that you have to deal with. You're working pretty much around the clock to conserve a bit of history. Again, in, in a profession that doesn't have as much funding as it should. So you're working with um, probably not enough resources as well. And these are dangerous structures that we're talking about. Uh, when she gets on board, a lot of them are, um, you know, in a decrepit state. And she has to sort of bring them back to life, bring back their strength. So, yeah, that's pretty much the crux of her story. Okay, and she says, 
you you diagnose a building the same way in which a doctor diagnoses a human being so no absolutely and you can see see it from the way she talks you can see it in her eyes that um, you know it is a living part of history and that we just you know walk past every day we ignore on a daily basis uh, you know let it sort of rot and it's a big responsibility to sort of retell history in that sense through the building through restoration uh, reconstructing a bit of the past right now last couple of questions pankti if you could take the listeners through a few highlights sure so our cover star is uh, priyanka chopra journalist as she's called now but not because of her journey through film so we're looking at uh, priyanka chopra as part of our the women power package because uh, of her newest what we call the third act which is her life as an investor so uh, she has invested in bumble as everyone knows but also in uh, the hobarton school of education which uh, is a school for coding and uh, she's got on board to encourage more more girls to get into the profession so it's an interesting um, mix of investment with feminism and that's sort of what we're looking at how she makes investments what sort of thought goes into that um, why she got into investments in the first place and there aren't many stars hollywood or bollywood uh, that have got, gotten into the technology space so it's an interesting trend that she ha- she may have started the next one is of mary com which obviously if everyone's watched the movie they know her story but what's interesting is to look at her now at age 36 with three children and she isn't done yet at all she isn't ready to hang up her gloves you know her, we talked to her coach who says that once she's back in the ring she is she is a student she's not a star she's not a celebrity boxer you know the sort of passion and dedication that she has to the sport is something to uh, you know reckon with what's interesting like you mentioned with with the case of dr seema rao's husband as well it's also interesting to see how how mary com's husband has supported her career through the years uh, you know taking care of her children one of her children was going to have heart surgery and he thought she should go for the tournament make sure that she switches off from the family trouble focus on her own sport so she went uh, for her match and then came back and uh, was with her child for the surgery so i thought that was pretty fantastic it's a great model for a for a family situation right and i think if you could touch a little bit in the end you you also have an essay on uh, the me too movement ernst and young reckoned that some 38% of indian women in it alone have faced some sort of uh, you know sexual harassment that's that's a pretty grim figure it's big this year has been important for women everywhere and in india especially because the metoo movement caught on and um, you know for the first time these claims were being taken seriously so it's a good turning point as long as we capitalize on it uh, so we have these three women mahima kukreja sandhya menon and rituparna chatterjee all three of them are writers and uh, they are responsible for bringing out a lot of the predator names in public so they started this the twitter movement #metooindia where they sifted through you know really a large volume of uh, complaints that women had had outed some of the predators and they had to do their own version of fact checking make sure that they weren't taking anonymous um, case studies and make sure there was some control in calling the names out because obviously that is a huge responsibility and they speak about how um how it it was obviously hard for them because they received threats they received trolling 
what we're looking at is what the next step is. There was a burst at one point uh, when all the names were being called out and, you know, organizations sort of got into shape and formed the ICC committees, um, looked at what they can do, but we don't want that momentum to die out. So they talk about how they may have been instrumental in starting the movement, but it is a, it will have to be a collective effort to keep it going. So that's an important conversation to bring up, um, you know, I would say every few months if we can revisit it and see what needs to be done, what else can be done for women in the workplace. So we couldn't have a uh, women power package without mentioning the Me Too movement. So on that note, uh, it's time to wrap up. Thank you very much, uh, Pankti, for your time on this podcast. Thanks, Abhishek. Thank you. And all your listeners, uh, you get this podcast on ForbesIndia.com and on iTunes. And to have someone call you for a Forbes India subscription, message Forbes to 51818.